Hello and welcome to SEO SDS. Your hosts are the beautiful, charismatic and hilarious Sarah McDowell, SEO specialist at LikeMind Media and me, Hannah Bryce, SEO manager at Holland & Barrett. I know you're thinking, why SEO SES? Well, we like to think we're your special answering service when it comes to SEO. So give you answers, tips and advice around all sorts of SEO topics, whether it's us chatting and debating or interviewing other SEO experts. This show is brought to you by the team at LikeMind Media. LikeMind Media help clients find their audience and start having conversations with them, whether that's on social media, content or even podcasts, just like this one. We're actually using their podcasting equipment right now. They're super lovely people who take time to understand your business and think like Aww. you. Thanks, Hannah. Just wanted to give you guys a quick heads up that we've set ourselves up on Patreon. Patreon is a platform that supports projects just like our podcast. So for £5 a month, you can become a premium member of the SEO SAS podcast and receive additional benefits such as bonus episodes. You'll be the first to know about episodes, events, anything that we're up to, plus more. So If that sounds like your kind of thing and you want to get involved, you have two options. You can visit www.patreon, spelt P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash S-E-O-S-A-S podcast. Or you can go to www.patreon.com and then in the find a creator search bar, search for SEO SAS and we'll come up. So we look forward to you guys becoming a member and enjoying those additional benefits. But we just want to quickly say thank you so much to everyone who supports our podcast. So thank you for listening, for sharing our episodes, for leaving lovely reviews and feedback, for guests that come on and chat with us. We just want to say thank you for supporting us as we couldn't do this without you guys. So yes, take care, everyone. Sarah, how are you? I am not too bad, thank you. I am sat near a window and I can see a bit of sunshine. Yeah, we've got the sun back today in England. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, it was a bit grey, wasn't it, the last few days, which is fine um, because most of the time what normally happens in the UK is you get blooming lovely weather when it's working Monday to Friday and then at the weekend it's horrible. But (laughs) weather seems to be on our side. Yeah, it's a good point. Happy Saturday. (laughs) happy Saturday are you still not drinking coffee Uh, I have had a coffee today yeah I felt like today we needed it we've got a we've got a uh, big lineup today haven't we so oh such a big and exciting lineup it's a bit like a kid at Christmas last night you know when you can't sleep because you're excited yeah yeah so uh, actually on that point I'll let you introduce our wonderful guest today yes so we are so so happy to announce that we have the lovely Elida Solis joining us today who is an international SEO consultant and owner of Oranti and she's also an author and a speaker so welcome to the show hello hello everybody thank you very much for having me it's our pleasure thank you very much for agreeing to be on the SEO SES podcast yeah it's it's a great nice different type of also opportunity a conversation to have also really nice to see two 
women has too, which is not very often seen in 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 general, right? Also in podcasts, I, you know, yeah. I, I usually listen to podcasts, especially when before, right? When I was uh, at the gym in the morning, and and yeah, it took my attention when I started doing that that a lot of podcasts were hosted by by guys, by men, right? So it's really nice to see two women hosting a podcast like this. Uh, Thank well, you. Well, that is one of the reasons why the SEOSAS podcast was born, because we thought of felt the same, that there was a bit of a, an opportunity for an all-female-led podcast. Awesome. So before we sort of get stuck into SEO and the technical bits, we want our listeners to get to know you first. So are you up for a, a little quick fire round of questions? Yeah, sure thing. Let's go. <laughs> awesome. Right. What is your favorite takeout food? Takeout? Yes, fast food. Okay. Okay, I see. Well, oof, uh, I really really like junk food, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I really like rich food in general. So, uh Let's see. Potentially, you know, chicken wings. I really like chicken wings. Ah, did have they got any flavor on? Well, I I, I don't really uh, care much about the flavor, but it's more more about them being very very crispy. I really right. like the crisp type of uh, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, the cover. I know that that part is literally not the the healthiest one, but yes, I really like that. Okay, second question: If SEO didn't exist. I mean, what would the world look like? But anyway, would you rather be known for being the world's best marathon runner or would you like to be known for baking the biggest cake in the world? Well, you know, just because I, I really want to be reasonable here of what <laughs> I can literally have more chances to do. Like, let's, let's say the baker one, right? Uh, because, yeah, a big cake, yeah, I can do that. At you can do it. I can, I can, yeah, but marathon winner, I, uh, even if I end up running a marathon at some point, winning it is very, very highly likely yeah. <laughs> I love the thought process for these questions favorite animal uh, I really like dogs in general so yes potentially dogs will be my favorite ones but the ones that I might consider like different cute that I am really like like for different reasons I don't know it's also how they are it's like raccoons I really like ah. raccoons yeah it's it's yeah and also there are a lot of gifts with raccoons i i really like like raccoons in general yeah yeah. Yes. yeah um so after a busy day of doing your awesome seo-ness how do you relax lately since i cannot go out what i usually tend to do is go out for a walk to do like a little bit of exercise to also together thankfully when i am at home i live really near the beach so i can go walk around the beach a little bit with my husband too. So we, we take walks and we go and drink something uh, somewhere there. But since in the latest weeks, in Spain, the lockdown has been really strict, very tough. Actually, today is the first day that they allow us to go out for walks or exercise an hour per day. Wow. Right. So, so yes, literally, if it is not to go to the supermarket, you cannot get out. What I do right now to relax after work is I try to play games in my Nintendo Switch. I find that very, very comforting. Funnily enough, there are some, some games that have been very popular recently, like Animal Crossing. I don't know if you yes. play or you have yeah. heard of it. So, but you know, this is the funny part, right? I downloaded, I started 
playing with it because of, you know the, the big buzz around the game but realistically i found it to be too realistic like you know the type of incentives that you have and and the whole working system and game design is around of a little bit what you do in real life like you 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 create your life in an island in that case so but you need to buy stuff hunt stuff well it's not that i hunt anything at this point but i need to work to make money and buy stuff so it's a little bit too realistic for my taste so i ended up like yeah playing a little bit with it but i i prefer much more i don't know zelda or or all of the different mario's games or or hollow knights the adventure games i really like them but less realistic let's say more more to disconnect from reality awesome I think that's important. One last question, and then we'll get into SEO. We should have probably sort of said that you live in Spain. So what part of Spain are you from? I, I am not from Spain. Originally. Oh, sorry. I am from, yeah, I am from Nicaragua, but I have been living in Spain since 2007. And, um, and I live at, right now at this point in Santander, which is a, a city in the north of Spain seaside city uh, is a port and um, and yes I, I live here because I I work remotely with clients I tend to travel a lot in normal circumstances but yes all my clients are from all over the world many of them in the US and in India in Asia uh, across Europe so and yes so it doesn't matter where I live so I, I really live in a small city nice city yeah with the, with the sea like a kilometer from from me so it's yeah it's really nice Awesome. Wow. I think that we've got to know you a bit more and our listeners have got to know you a bit more. I'll let Hannah crack off with some like more SEO and technical questions. Yeah. So we're going to start with what we know about you already on top of what we've just discussed. So we know you're a very busy lady as well as your own SEO consultancy, your host of YouTube SEO series, Crawling Mondays, co-founder of Remoters, which for anybody who doesn't know is a resource site for remote-based professionals and you're a Moz associate. On top of that, you speak at lots of conferences, have an awesome newsletter and constantly share advice on Twitter. And we can't forget that you're awarded European Search Personality in 2018 at the European Search Awards. Have we missed anything and do you have time for anything else? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because now that you were you were uh, describing all of that. I was like, how the hell, literally, I find the time to do all that. But yes, somehow I do. Somehow I do. And I, I, I tend to be, and this has been all my life, right? A workaholic in anybody, in, well, in anything that I do, right? And uh, But yes, it's, it's because I like to do something, build things. And then there's a the thing, right? It, it really needs to be something that I am passionate about and really like about it there was the other day someone asked over Twitter speaking about that saying like how do people find time to do any anything like side projects side hustle right and my answer was that this this should be something that you should do because you love or you have a mission or it's part of yeah of your life mission right so it shouldn't at least for me making money is not necessarily an incentive right for for a side hustle that is what i do for a living like my seo consultant which i also love of course and that is why i haven't built an agency to be able to keep doing actual SEO with my own clients because if you yeah. build an agency, you end up like then managing a team and not doing the, the actual SEO yourself. So in my case, it's, I designed it by default to be small because I really enjoy it. So for me, it's about indeed like balancing out what you really love to do. So if, if it is really that you really, really are passionate about and, and you love and enjoy so much, it's how I feel 
to that I have fun and I am doing something meaningful, which is what happens with remoters, right? In, in remoters, uh, what we want is to really facilitate people to start working remotely. And that might sound like something very simple, but all the implications is that it goes far beyond. Like the, the person has a much better balanced life work around their life, right? They, they, uh, you stop commuting, so you help the environment. You, you can move anywhere, so you bring back value and uh, an investment to smaller towns that might not have enough, like, enough resources. Uh, you are able also to hire people from all over the world, so people who are stuck in their countries or in their cities professionally mm -hmm. they don't need to limit themselves develop professionally so there are so many ramifications so for example right now just with the pandemic right a lot of people started to work remotely because they had no other way indirectly another way of how remote facilitates and, and enables people to be able to continue their professional lives despite you know not, not being able to to go to, to the office so i think that the ramifications of remote are so so powerful mm -hmm. in all different type of levels and because i really truly believe that it doesn't matter for me to be for example earlier today i was a, a publishing a few of the interviews. We have a new section that we launched a few days ago of uh, remote job seekers to, to help feature people who are looking for new remote job opportunities because there have been, unfortunately, so many people lately that have been laid off or for love, right? So we enabled this section and I was publishing the interviews and I spent a couple of, of, of hours doing that and revising the interviews that they were okay. So it's something that I don't necessarily see as work because mm -hmm. it's something that I love and I, I feel that I am giving something or, yeah, giving back. So, yeah, it's, it, you should love it. Definitely. During the pandemic then, with Remoters, have you had like a big sort of influx of sign-ups? Have you had lots of people signing up and interested? Yeah, indeed. So, there's a thing, and it's a little bit bittersweet. I mentioned <laughs> about this over, yeah, a few weeks ago. March was our best month ever in terms of traffic, right? We had uh, 200% year-over-year -year growth on the website. And yes, it has kept growing like this also in April. Now that you are mentioning, like, because today is May 2nd, let me see, May also had been amazing, amazingly good. Now, now that you are mentioning, I have, I have been the last day doing a lot of reporting and traffic reporting to clients, and I haven't gotten the chance to actually check my own site, of course. <laughs> and so now that you are mentioning, I'm going to take a double look, but, but yes, uh, we have gotten record type of traffic. But the thing is, we have, you know, we have a free remote job section, right, on, on the website. So any company can publish their their advert their job advert for completely for free unfortunately the traffic has come also to that section but much more to other resources that we have been published regarding how to how to work from home how to have a balanced lifestyle how to work at home while having kids at home so we have been building a lot of resources that are related and connected with the necessity that exists right now how you do it also exercising at home and and keeping healthy things like that right so all of the traffic mostly right now has has improved because of that because realistically the job section what i have seen is that the less companies publishing job adverts even if it is free because of course and that is completely understandable because 
there are less companies hiring right now at this point, right? So that is why we enabled this other section because we saw that there were more people, more more users, more visitors asking, oh, do you, do you, do you have any job with this type of profile? And I, was, and I was like, no, unfortunately we don't. Take a look here, the ones that we have on the, on the other hand that were certainly less than the ones that we had, for example, in January that was a normal month. So that is why we enabled this other section because we saw that there were more people looking for jobs than actually job openings. That's awesome. I think that's a really, really good thing that you're doing, especially at the minute. That website's got to be so useful for people. Yes, indeed. So uh, actually, now that you're mentioning, I have my computer in front of me, of course. So for example, in March, we had 221k page views. That was already good and the best for, for us. And now wow. I'm seeing that in April, we had 230k page views so yes wow. even more yeah ah well that's good it's just yeah it's going to show it's it's been a really good resource for people and providing them with some really good value especially like we say in such a really difficult time yes indeed so that is of course like it's bittersweet because it's it's happening in this circumstance but of course i'm more than happy to see that it's growing and it's being helpful which is the whole goal of the of the website right and it's serving for for a purpose yeah the reason that you've chosen to be an seo consultant rather than create a full-blown agency is because you do enjoy doing seo you enjoy still helping people yourself so what is it that you love most about seo at the minute is there something that's your favorite part of seo to do yeah well in general i really really like helping the client from a strategic standpoint i really like understanding the client fit and and business model and and how they is house their presence in their industry play that they have the, the type of visibility that they have of course like when we think about this from a purely seo perspective you think which are the keywords or the queries for which they are they're already ranking for and which are those for which they are not and and how do this compare with the ones of the competitors where are their competitors are ranking them whatever so yes that's from a very technical SEO related perspective and but I really like the journey of validating with the client how this maps with their overall marketing business and and purpose as a, as a company to be able to actually establish a roadmap that really makes sense for them and that allows them to win while making all of this effort to have an impact that goes beyond purely SEO and this is how I truly believe that SEO ends up being accepted and supported internally in the company because if the developers or copywriters or marketers or whatever they say oh oh yes this is content for seo or or change for seo if this is how it is perceived that is x or y that they need to execute for seo it's much more harder to get their support to obtain the obtain the obtain this type of support that you and involvement that you really need from them right so yeah. for me that part that is not necessarily the typical and a typical SEO type of task or, or validation, right? But for me, it makes all the difference for an empathic and more uh, well-integrated type of project that will be more welcome in within the organization, right? And since I tend to work with bigger type of companies, this is this is critical. I can tell how like much passion you have for SEO because it definitely comes across when you're talking about it. Can you remember what first attracted you to SEO? Um, what was the first thing you loved about it? I really liked the fact that you were able to have all these different facets in your day-to-day activities because this is the thing, I, I came to SEO before SEO or being an SEO, I was a web designer, front-end web developer. So I really like, yeah, I really like to build websites and create websites. 
And, uh, and, and then with SEO, what I found is like, okay, perfect. I can also have a, a role and an influence in making sure that the websites that I build are successful, attract clients, achieve their, their goal from a, as a, from a business perspective, right? So I found that SEO was very, very cool because it allowed me to not forget about that and, and continue building and tweaking and optimizing the websites, going into the HTML and, and making the changes, but also learning more, understanding more from, from a marketing perspective, the role that the website that I built could connect with the customers, with the clients, right? So I really enjoy that. Yeah, it was multifaceted, multidisciplinary that I could continue doing technical stuff at, at the same time also doing more creative type of marketing activities, content activities, etc. So, so that multidisciplinary side of SEO is what I really, really like. Awesome. We're going to move on to asking you a couple of questions about your, your background in the SEO community and the amount of speaking that you've done. So the first time that we saw you speak, it was when you were interviewing John Mueller at Brighton SEO. I think it was a year or so ago. How was that? Because you seem to get on really well with John. Had you met him a couple of times before? Yes. Well, I have indeed. I have, you know, interacted with John many times at conferences before. And yes, I had the chance to interview him. And it was two years ago already. The Brighton SEO, and that was big fun. And I was, you know, I, I, I actually the questions that I ended up asking were not necessarily the questions that I wanted to ask were the questions that I received from the community because I, I did this sort of questions gathering over Twitter if I remember well so yeah there were some crazy fun questions and <laughs> and I had a good conversation for with him and then um, after that yeah I have seen him a couple of more times and, and last year when they organized in Google the, the, the conference in Zurich, I also had a really nice chance to interview him and also along the other team members of the Google Webmaster teams. Uh, Amazing. That was there, yeah. So I had the chance also to, to interview Martin and, and Gary and, uh, and Lizzie and they are really nice people. And this is the thing, right? I think that many of us in the SEO community, we tend to see their, we tend to see them more from a professional side, like they are Google representatives. So I see a lot of people seeing them as, okay, source of knowledge, official mm. knowledge from Google, right? And, and ask questions, validation, which just makes complete sense, of course. But also, you know, and, and if this is, something that maybe I have learned from going to so many different conferences around the world and, and end up uh, getting to know people who I have uh, for many, many years admire, right, from a professional standpoint or that are considered to be well-known is that these are also people yeah. <laughs> and they are humans, right? And, and, yeah. and they like stuff that, and, and they, they are in many, many cases also, particularly super insightful, funny, experienced and, and, and knowledgeable humans beyond SEO, right? So uh, it's, it's, for me, it's always fascinating to, to get to know people more from, from that or the human side and also treat them in a way that fills them, makes them feel welcome. Also, I have, I have been also interviewed in, in the past so many times and, and uh, I have also always, you know, found like really, really nice when people come to me in a much more empathic way or friendly way and, yeah. Yeah, or laid back way rather than super, you know, super serious type of 
professional interview, right? So that is how, you know, that is why I, I really enjoyed that interview with him because he's, he's very open to that and he's a very laid back also person and, and uh, you can talk with him about everything or anything, then that was it. You know, now, now that you cover about and you talk about this too, it's, it's funny because um, this is the thing, you can never make anybody 100% happy. Uh, there were some people after my uh, conversation with John a couple of years ago who, who say that, oh, he was too friendly. I was too friendly with him. It's like, <laughs> I was like, fuck, what do you want me to do in, in a huge state? <laughs> like to start, like, I don't know, like mistreating him or something like yeah, that. I understand not, yeah. what, what I wanted or to be super cool with him. Sorry. No, I am what I am. And realistically, I am in general, a warm, friendly person. And yes. that I, I think that that is very cultural, right? I'm originally from Latin America and people from my country are always like super nice. If you go and this typical stuff that people go to Nicaragua to my home country and they, the first thing that they say is like, oh, people super nice, super welcoming, super, super open, super, yeah, it's, we are like this. So um, I am like this, what I can do, right? I won't change myself just because I'm introducing someone on, on stage yeah. in a professional setting. Exactly. Right? You make a really good point that um, at the end of the day, people are just people and yeah. we're human and we want to have a laugh and we want to have a chit chat. And yes, while whilst you want to get like advice and you want to pick the brains of SEO and what to do and what not to do. Yeah, people do. We are humans at the end of the day. Now, we've got quite a few different questions that we want to and we want to try and get through as much as we can because obviously we want to make the most out of this time that you have with us today so I'm going to move the questions on I'm going to ask you what's the worst bit of SEO advice you've ever heard someone be given perhaps you've had a client that had worked with another agency or consultant before and been told something ridiculous and you're like what yeah oh my god so much like for example that <laughs> Meta, the, the keywords meta tags they still work this is very recent right and i have heard many but very very recent and it really really hit me really bad when when i send recommendations to this client that uh, was relying on um, client site rendering for their main navigation right they were using the typical javascript framework and uh, they had relied completely on their main navigation uh, to be generated through client site JavaScript. So yeah, so my request was like, hey, can we please actually implement this server side? And and please, this all the links, they need to be href tags. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, the, please. Ideally, so they can be accessible, so who can see them in a much more straightforward way. Let's let's avoid relying on on this. And this is the thing, right? It's not only that they use client side rendering, but also the the links were not even implemented and when you, you inspected the DOM, the links were not HREF packs. The, the links were buttons and the URLs that were linked to from, from the buttons were not nowhere to be found. Oh, no. code, right? So yeah, the, it was completely obfuscated. And uh, so yes, I let's change this, whatever. And it was very funny to see a little bit the developer type of thinking coming back to me saying, oh, this second and third level navigations are, are not found or are not crawlable or not, are not reflected in the HTML in the first place because they are not by default shown to the user. So I, I went and read Google SEO guidelines and they say that if you show something to the Google but that you didn't show to the user, that was considered to be clocking. So that is why yeah. I didn't 
I didn't implement them. So I was like, oh my God. So it's so very funny to see how a developer can end up, you know, uh, understanding in that way. We see the guidelines and we read them and we'll have never thought of understanding them in that way. But yes, somehow they ended up understanding the guidelines in that way. He thought literally that he was finding, he was following, sorry, Google guidelines when he did the implementation like that. So for me, it was very ironic. He was, <laughs> he was thinking that he was being super careful with Google guidelines right there. And I was like, so I had a conversation with him and explained to him, et cetera, et cetera. And he, yeah, that the navigation was, was changed at some, at some point. And so it's like, yeah, anyway. And it's funny. And it is that education, isn't it? And I think because there are a set of guidelines from Google, it is mm-hmm. sort of open to interpretation and people interpret in different ways. And I suppose that's where if you're an experienced SEOer, as it were, like you've mm. you've done SEO for a while, you understand it more. When you read the guidelines, you're gonna have a better understanding. So it's frustrating because they were trying to do the right thing, but they just took it wrong. <laughs> so sometimes it is like this, indeed. Yeah. Can we touch on the on your thoughts about the future of SEO? So everyone knows that SEO isn't dead, right? Well, hopefully, it's, it's, well, if, if it is dead, maybe we're living in a part of the reality because <laughs> I still have clients, it's still an industry, and we still deliver value and traffic and conversions and are positive ROI to clients. So yeah, I think so. So definitely not dead, very much alive. <laughs> so developing on the future, I'm going to ask you to get your mystic Meg ball out and give us your predictions around how you believe SEO will evolve over the next few years so what are sort of some of the things that we should be looking out for or some of the things that we need to be mindful of yeah I think that well definitely default search last year when I had the chance to interview yeah the Google webmaster team and I asked them what is the activity that is the most overlooked at this point and uh, in SEO and nobody is talking or little number of people are talking about that it's important to take into consideration for the future is visual search and a lot of people think of visual only on image but it's also about video and then when you understand also the power of YouTube as a search engine too as a channel video discovery on one hand and how you see also how Google has been integrated much more video into their search results, especially those conversational, informational, uh, top of the funnel uh, queries when you are for the service or product discovery phase, you will Mm -hmm. see a lot of how-tos or or how does it work or products compare or why should I? So you see lots of videos coming much more from from the video carousel, right? So you see how powerful it can be from not only traffic, purely traffic to trade perspective, but also the role that a video can play, especially if you have a product that is or service that is sophisticated and uh, needs further explanation or, or, or display for the user to end up converting or end up being really satisfied and understand the fully the, the features and, and, and opportunities and functionality of, of, of the products to convert, right? So it, it, it's an amazing format to yeah, message, to send a message to your, to your customers, to attract more traffic, to, to help conversions, and I think that indeed it's very highly overlooked. And that is why I have, I don't know if you have seen, spoken lately a lot about uh, YouTube SEO, video SEO, because right now it's being seen as something really nice to have. But I really truly believe that it will become much more fundamental in the future. 
And then, of course, there is this other very big trend that is more part of a longer journey, right? Which is how Google is becoming an answer engine rather than search engine and how the search experience is much more conversational and will become only more conversational with the Google Assistant. And a lot of people have thought about this, of being voice search, but it's not necessarily about voice as an output. We see that realistically we need the visual part of the information as an output in order to be really satisfied. But for me, it's more about there's going to be much much more of an importance on voice as an input of you requesting information via voice, getting the information from a visual perspective, also video images a lot, but then also how this experience is much more conversational back and forth with, with the answer engine, right? Rather than just, just go search, click on the final res result or the, the result that you want and, and leave com completely. But it, this is, will be much more a conversational experience back and forth. And, uh, and then how at some point that conversation will become much, much more of a type of ongoing suggestions that will satisfy your need even before you specifically ask about them, which is yeah. what Google is doing a little bit with Discover already, su suggesting us information and content based on our behavior with their products, right? Because they want to be predictive. And I see this becoming much more natural when you think that they can do this also via their assistant, right? Suggesting us more information, uh, recommending information, even if we haven't asked for something in particular. I completely agree with that. And I think that those are incredible points and really, really useful, especially on the last one. That just really spoke to me. And I just thought, yes, because the amount of times where I've said, create a piece of content, but don't just answer that one question. Give them the next answer to the next question they didn't even know they wanted to ask because it's just going to be so much more valuable. Right. I reckon we've got probably time for two more questions, Hannah. What do you think? Yeah, or one. I was thinking maybe time to move on to the teacher soon. Okay. Can I just ask one quick question then? Alida, what is your favorite SEO tool? Oh boy. Uh, it depends. <laughs> depends on the task, right? I, I think that truly the one, the one tool, basic tool that I use all, uh, every day and I wouldn't be able to live without at this point is the Google Search Console, right? The yes. one that we can all have for free, the ones that show us the official information from Google, realistically. And then, of course, I have my favorite tool for every type of, like, different type of, of activities. So, for example, uh, if, if I want to do a keyword research, potentially it will be SEMrush, my favorite one. If I want to do uh, content analysis, I really like the, the content um, optimization tool from Cognitive SEO. It really, it really integrates well with competitive analysis too. Um, if, if I want to do technical SEO, then it's right and uh, I'm modified that I'm using and enjoying a lot right now and, and really rely a lot. Then for alerts and proactive monitoring is, is uh, I have both Content, content Keen and Little Warden that I use for different types of use cases. And then for, for tracking, as I use both uh, SEO Monitor and Run Ranger. SEO Monitor is amazing from doing projections, forecasts, connecting also with the, the competitive monitoring that you want to have versus your, your, your main 
industry competitors and not only your own rankings and, and traffic, right? But but also it allows you to 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 connect well with that much more of a competitive type of, of analysis that and, and ongoing monitoring that you want to have to see the share of evolution. Uh, and then also, well, for example, for when doing migration when do migrations and validated migrations, Sysfix is the best, I, I think. Because they, it allows you to even see the evolution of SERPs and snapshots of which were the top ten ranked websites uh, ten months before and, and versus now and see the evolution from time and, and it makes it so really nice and easy to compare between rankings. So you can see it's like for every type of activity, yes. I have my favorite one. So <laughs> and I mean, yes, I, sorry, sorry if, uh, if, if it is not only one, but yeah, no, that's it, is fun. What it is. And, and I think that just goes to show, doesn't it? That because with SEO, there is so much stuff that you need to do. So you, you are going to be using tools to like monitor website, errors or issues uptime and stuff you need things that tracking rankings you need google search console that's always one of my favorite is yeah that's free at the end of the day and it's from google themselves so yeah it's bit like you need a tool for lots of different areas right I believe then it's time to move on to the feature. Okay, so we've got a really bad tenuous link here. I was thinking, what can we possibly quiz Aleda Solis on? And so the way it's going to work, Aleda, is that you'll be quizzed against Sarah. And then, yeah, it will just be five questions. And the theme of this quiz will be about the the film, James Bond, Quantum of Solace. Okay. I ha- have you seen this film? I think that I have seen it. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't remember about it though. But uh, yes, there's so many of them. Yeah, I have but, never watched a James Bond film. And you are British. Doesn't say I, much I know. Of you. Not good. Not good. I'm a, I'm a rubbish Brit. What can I say? <laughs> okay, so there's going to be a lot of guesses. It's a good job. There's only five questions. <laughs> yeah. Is it multiple yeah. choice? Yes. So the first one then, and the lady, if you want to go first with the answer, question is: When was the first Quantum of Solace released? Sorry, when was the film Quantum of Solace released? Is it 2006, 2007, or 2008? I think it was 2008. Okay, Sarah. Sorry to be a copycat, lady, but I'm going to say the same. You are both correct. That's one point. So, Sarah, your turn first on this one. What is the current IMDb score? Is it 6.2 out of 10? 6.4 6.4 out of 10 or 6.6 out of 10 they're very close aren't they yeah. um who who is the james bond in this one i think it was daniel craig daniel okay people love him don't they yeah um are you a daniel craig fan later well i have to say i don't think that he has been the best james bond because he doesn't look like james bond, james bond. yeah he's he's yeah he's too i i, I don't know he looks like like German, right? He doesn't look <laughs> British even. I, I love Pierce Brosnan though, right? I think that <laughs> Pierce Brosnan is for me what, you know, from an image perspective, like typical gentleman. Uh, so, um, so yeah. So, I'm yeah, going sorry. to say 6.2. Okay. And yeah. later? Yeah, I think that probably wasn't necessarily the best fun movie. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> uh, if I don't even remember it, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, 6.5 or something like that. Oh, so there's a 6.4 or 6.6. Which oh, one do you want to Sorry, 6.4 and 6.6. That's correct. So yes, yes, it's one, one more for, for a lady there. Okay, so lady, you go first on this one. Was this the first James Bond film? where Bond and the Bond girl didn't have sex, yes or no? 
Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, it was 2008, isn't it? So yeah, are you pushing? So they, they, yeah, they, 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 they had sex. Yeah, I think that they had sex at that point. So. Okay, and Sarah? Sorry. So is there a James Bond film where they, where the James Bond girl and James Bond don't like get it yep. on? Oh. Mm -hmm. So shocking, right? <laughs> shocking. Um, 2008. Oh, um, I mean, I reckon that they, yes, they're going to be doing the deed. So I'm going to say <laughs> false. Okay, actually, it was. Um, so they didn't have sex in that one. So no points on that one. Oh, really? I mean, sure. Yeah, it <laughs> is, isn't it? So so far, we're looking at them. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Sarah your turn first Daniel Craig was injured at least three times during filming for this movie which of the three below is the fake injury shoulder injury that required six surgical screws a fingertip being sliced off or a torn ligament that required filming to stop for two weeks. I mean, these are all awful ones, aren't they? Can you please, um, can you please repeat the last one? What is the last one that you mentioned? It's a torn ligament that required oh, filming. Oh, ligament. Okay, I see. Yeah. yeah, I will go with the ligament. Yeah, You're going ligament. What do I think is the fake one? Oh, you, you mentioned the fake one or the real one? It's the fake that, yeah. So he, he was injured at least three times. So two okay. of these are real and one's fake. Oh, okay. So the, the, the fake is the one that requires, I don't know how much, the first one, I think, that, that requires him to be rebuilt. <laughs> so the, yeah, yeah the, the, the shoulder injury that required six screws. Surgical I think screws. so. I think yeah. so because I don't know. He's probably <laughs> up now. After that. I'm going to go with the fingernail because I hate anything to do with fingernails. That oh, you're both wrong. It was the torn ligament. That was the. Oh big really? One. Yeah, that seems got, the yeah. most like feasible one. I know. I'm just good at making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, the last question: How much was Daniel Craig reported to have been paid for this movie? Was it 2.5 million? 4.5 million or 6.5 million? Is the lady up first? Can you please repeat the options again? Sorry. Can, yeah, of course. I really want to think. Yeah. <laughs> so, Taking it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> 2.5 million. Okay. 4.5 or 6.5 million? 6.5. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's high, but it's not even that high for that type of, of uh, actors. Indeed. Yeah. Sarah? Oh, see, that's kind of helped me, that little bit of uh, information. I don't know whether to play it safe and go like middle of the road. So go with the four, was it 4.5? Yeah. 4.5. Well, that was correct. It was 4.5. So oh, really? You've drawn. You've drawn. <laughs> and I haven't got a tiebreak question. So congratulations, both yeah. of you. You know, I, I find it very, I, I, I'm a little bit in shock. I Poor Daniel, he deserved more. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, imagine being. I, I mean, paid. ironic there. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, imagine being paid that much money. Yeah. I mean, look crazy. at the injuries, though. The injuries were really bad. Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sadly brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Thank you, Elida. Thank um, you for for the opportunity. I, I had really, really a good time. Good. How are you going to spend uh, your rest of your Saturday, do you think? So, I, I, well, I have, um, let's see, I already did my thing with, with remoters and I am actually, I'm, I'm testing a, a few things from uh, Shopify and, and 
WooCommerce because I have uh, some really cool guides, let's say, that are coming that I, I want to, to prepare or I need to prepare. And uh, usually the weekends are great for that. I, I wish I had more time to test stuff around and play around with yeah, tools and, and, and software in my day-to-day basis. But since I am doing, yeah, whether client stuff or my own project stuff, or yeah, socializing also nowadays now in, in more on Twitter, etc. it yeah. takes, yeah, more for me. So I am, I am actually going to invest my time during the weekend on playing around, testing around certain things, uh, the, the platforms here to prepare something that I, that I am doing right now. Awesome. If people want to get into or any of the stuff that you're doing, where are you on social and how can people get talking to you? Or yes, uh, at Aleida in, in Twitter and then also on, on my website, of course, and probably Mondays in YouTube. I have a newsletter that is called SEO FOMO also that you can subscribe yes. to that is completely free of course and and where i share every week i send it on sundays like the latest in in seo i also well i have a facebook page and linkedin i i am also active but it's where i'm more active i will say is in in twitter and then of course if you are working remotely at this point that i think that most of our m- most of us are, are i created a group in discord that is that the remote water cooler where we can share more about our our remote journey and literally like it was funny when when i created this when we started the the quarantine there was a channel for everything but but not for seo and a lot of people there were seo but so it's sharing about work from home tools jobs healthy foods, gamers, there is a channel for gamers and another for parents, movies, online courses, trainings. So yes, it's just to share and network a little bit now that we are remote and in a much more of a closer type of environment. You want to join us, it's free and it's, yeah, of course, it's, it's open to anybody who wants to join. Awesome. Hannah, should we do our admin? Yes, uh, you can email us at hello at seosaspodcast.com. We're also on Twitter, seo underscore ses or Sarah McDuck or seo ses Hannah. And you can find us on LinkedIn. Yes. And I would just like to ask a favor that if you do enjoy listening to our podcasts, please do subscribe. And if you're feeling even more generous, it would make our blooming day if you gave us a review. So yes, I've thoroughly enjoyed the past hour. I think the only thing left to do is say goodbye. Thanks, Alayda. Bye. Thank you very much for a wonderful opportunity. Had a great time. Thank you. Awesome. Until next time.